I'm Dr. Heather Walker, and this is Lead with Levity. I help leaders create awesome work environments where communication is light, enjoyable, and uplifting. I shed light on the power of levity at work. Imagine just how much you can get done in that kind of environment. Come explore with me. Well, folks, up to this point, I've interviewed mostly psychologists, and we've been talking about the cerebral side to levity and how it relates to leadership. And today we're going to take a look at it from a different angle, from the individual perspective. Prepare yourself because it's going to get a bit emotional. And for those of you who know me, you know that I do not like to get emotional, (laughs) but Our next guest challenges us to consider the journey that we sometimes have to make to get to levity. And it it doesn't always just happen. And she kind of reminds us of that. How do you get to levity and perhaps even joy when you're hurting? Well, Kim is going to share a group facilitation tool with us today that she's used to help people process uncomfortable content whether it's emotions, assumptions, or even experiences to help us facilitate communication as well as a shared understanding and healing. And it's important to keep in mind that levity requires trust. Kim shares her full self in this interview. I hope that you will take some jewels to help you see the journey to levity in a new light. Welcome to the Lead with Levity podcast. My goal is, of course, to interview a diverse set of leaders who are interested in making a big impact on the employee experience, who are also willing to share their perspectives on levity at work. Today, folks, we're going to be graced by Austin's beloved radio personality, author, motivational speaker, and business consultant extraordinaire, Miss Kimberly Holiday. Kimberly Holiday, otherwise known as Lady Joy, is an on-air personality for KAZI 88.7 FM's The Juice and Jam Morning Show. But she wears many hats, many other hats on top of all of that. She's the owner of the Mobile Nanny Staffing Agency. And as a published author and motivational speaker, Miss Holiday's inspirational messages cross domestic as well as international boundaries. She has a heart to serve others by modeling the potential to live with joy regardless of life circumstances. Her smile is her logo and Got Joy is her brand. Kim, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so very much for having me. Actually, I have to kind of get myself together there. As you were... Um reading that introduction it um made me it 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 made me cry a little bit um i was thinking wow how amazing is that and sometimes we have to be reminded about all the amazing things that we're doing and it was really hard to hear that you were talking about me well yeah that that's all you right <laughs> that, that that is that is all me that is that is all me and um it still brings me joy to know that I am actually making a difference in people's lives and um, this mission that I created for myself long ago 
about being able to model the potential for others to live with more joy regardless of life circumstances has held true for me. And I am doing that. And I'm just excited. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds like there's quite a story behind that Got Joy (laughs) brand. Absolutely. There's there's actually a story behind everything. Um, The Got Joy started, um, one of my vehicles um, was being, had been repossessed. And before I went back to go get the car, I decided that I was going to go get me some personalized license plates before I go back and get my car. And I had a, like a long list of different things that I thought would be appropriate and all of them were taken. And the lady said, well, got joy is available. And I sat there and I simply just cried. And for those of you who know me, I am, my face leaks all the time. And I cried and I told her that I didn't have joy at this time, but that I I would spend the rest of my life chasing that thing. And that's what I've been doing. And so I put those personalized license plates on my car and I um, made a commitment to myself, um, to the world and to God that I would simply ride around the city and be a witness for all the amazing things that God has done in my life. And even though people wouldn't know me when they passed by me, I know that there's an amazing backstory that goes with all of that. So I am chasing joy and I am Lady Joy. That's just who I am. That's beautiful. Thank you. And this concept of God Joy How does that play into your role as a radio personality, as a business owner, as a business consultant? How do you bring that into the work that you do and all of those different facets of your life? Absolutely. With all of the different hats I wear, I I really consider myself to be the brand ambassador, right? So I had to figure out at the radio station when I first went there, and by the way, um, it was just a dream of mine as a child to be on the radio and because I'm bold and authentic and courageous in the things that I do, I sent a message to a stranger at the radio station, the manager. I was like, Hey, can I come to the radio? And I went one day and they heard my voice. And so I've been there for three and a half years. Now, most radio DJs have a radio name. Well, they kept calling me like Miss Got Joy, and we just couldn't figure it out. (laughs) So finally, the station manager just said, you know what? We're just going to call you Lady Joy. And as soon as he said that, you know how when you hear things and it just feels right? And so Lady Joy seemed perfect for all of the different things that I do because while you were announcing some of the things that I do, the the big picture is that I'm really about women's empowerment. So I have been traveling around the United States into different places, basically creating restorative and healing circles for women and for young girls to be able to have authentic conversations um, about conversations that are really, really hard. And I try to do that and, and create a safe environment so everyone feels okay to share their truth. Can you tell me a little bit more about these healing circles? Because that sounds really interesting to me. This is who I really am. Before the radio, I was privately going around through a, a nonprofit called Mariposa Pathway. I was their program director. And I was setting up circles in churches, 
universities, colleges, different conferences, We Are Girls, Kami Madre, all over the city, and creating these restorative healing circles. Depending on the audience that I had or the objective that was set before me, and I would tailor it, the curriculum and the activities to the target audience and, and who I was there for. And we have hard conversations about self-care, about our, our worth, our, our lack of, I should say. And the truth is, I've exposed myself um, and I share all of my stuff so that other people feel liberty and feel safe to do the same. When I go out and I share my story for young girls and young women just like myself, who may be believing the lies that people have told them. I am challenging people to rewire the conversations that we're having on the inside. My wheels are turning here. So uh, this podcast is about levity. Mm -hmm. And I've been researching this concept since about 2010. And when I tell people that I, I research levity, they typically associate that with jokes and humor, but it's so much more than that. And I, I promise I'm getting back to what you just said in a, in a second. This concept of levity, it involves quality interactions between people that are uplifting, they're amusing, they're light. And there's a certain level of uh, realness that has to occur between people for them to get to that point. And so when I, I hear you talking about these healing circles, I wonder if there's a place for that in a corporate setting and how that might facilitate conversations that could lead to the kind of trust that's required mm. for levity to occur. What do you think about that? Beautiful. Um, first of all, there is absolutely space and a need and a necessity for these circles in all arenas and nowadays, especially in the corporate place. Why? Because everything we do and everything we say and the way we interpret things are all filtered through our own emotions and our own stuff, our own experiences. And oftentimes we're miscommunicating because of the filters that the stuff goes through. I, one of those things in the workplace conversation is, is, is how do we even talk about our color? You know, we're afraid to say certain words. We don't know what trigger words are for people. Well, if we have these circles where we kind of just break some of that down, where we just have different conversations where we get to know each other. The way these circles are set up, first of all, really important, Heather, is that what I like to do right at the beginning is what I like to call create sanctuary. When we say the term mm -hmm. sanctuary, we think of a safe place. We think of a refuge. And that's what we do first. First, we want you to know that you are safe here and that there's no judgment and that in this circle, I mean, it's full of self-love and, and gratitude. And only one person speaks at a time. So really the healing and the work that is done is not when you're holding the talking piece. It's really when you have your heart open to listen to others. And so that that's when the magic is really happening. And it really just gets people thinking about different ideas and to to be real with themselves about maybe some of the, the, the morals and beliefs and things that they think are true, but they're really not true. Right. 
you know? So, so that's what we do. So we, we have these conversations and sometimes people just need a safe place for someone to just hear them. These circles are not for the purpose of fixing you. They're just a safe place, like a bowl for you to pour that stuff into a container that's going to be healed. So when is the best time for an organization to do these circles? Is it like right after something happens or would you set this up at the beginning um, when you first form a new team to kind of set the tone and help people get to know each other? Like when, when would you actually come in and do okay, this? Okay, that's a great question as well. Uh, ideally, we would want these to be set up at the beginning. These circles are used just to get to know each other because we judge people just by looking at them and we never even opened our mouth and said anything. So how are we supposed to work together as a team for this big common goal? But there's all these like little underbelly issues. I feel that it's best to be proactive instead of being reactive. These circles are created for all different situations. Unfortunately, however, usually they're only called on when something has happened. I'll give you an example. At this middle school, one of my friends who was a teacher, a coach who was very instrumental in the district, died suddenly from pneumonia. The schools did not have enough resources available to take care of not only the students, but the staff. So we put together some grief circles. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation because the chapter in my life that you're meeting me in is I've been doing these circles, but I realized that this is a lifestyle. These circles are changing lives. The foundation is restorative justice. These circles were originally set up in this way in the criminal justice system for victims, survivors, whatever label you want to put on us, myself, to be able to have conversations with our perpetrators, with our family members, with the criminal justice system, with therapists, and anybody else who was affected by the harm that was done. And it's created for the purpose of healing and true restoration. You see, I'm a victim of sexual molestation, rape, and all of those things beginning at the age of six years old. And so my healing um, uh, comes in layers. So I do this work so that I can always stay true to who I am, not let my past determine my future, and to dispel and to really squash all the lies that people have told me, lies that I have told myself. And so I just want to be a living witness. And so that simply just rolls back to being a model of joy, regardless of life circumstances. See, because I believe that we can have joy even in times of sorrow. And so I want to be a model for that. Ooh, girl, ask me another question. Mm. You're a survivor. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah, of many things. And I don't mind talking about it because it is the secret that we keep that will really be the death of us. You see, shame and guilt are huge. And um, once we speak it, like what we're, what, we're, what we're feeling shame about, we no longer have to carry it. 
So I'm a visual person. Can you mm-hmm. imagine yourself walk, trying to walk through the airport with like 15 bags of luggage? You can't even walk cute through there in your business heels with all that stuff. Beep. <laughs> and so it's really time for us to let some of that go. And I feel the best way to address emotional literacy is through these restorative circles. Um, And we can talk about emotional literacy maybe in another setting, but I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that emotions, they've been with us since birth. They're going to be with us till we die. They were given to us for a reason to tell us messages. For instance, you know, we, we get angry, but behind the anger is sadness. And that's to tell us that we, you know, we've been violated in some way. I'm glad that I received those messages. So do you feel like, or or in your experience, have you seen that these healing circles, not only are they a conduit to get someone to a place of healing, but also they're necessary to come out on the other side to joy? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I believe allowing yourself to safely release hurt and pain with ease is your access to joy. So I have to ask you this. Um, first of all, we we are going to unpack emotional literacy at some point. You can't just come on and drop something like, oh, emotional literacy, but we're not going to talk about that. No, we're, we're going to talk about it. What, it, what is that? <laughs> what do you think about when, when, when you think about emotional literacy? It's like, it feels like, you know, how we have to learn how to read. I think that we also have to learn how to read and understand our own emotions. I have been hijacked by my emotions so many times. And and, and the feelings and emotions and, and different things, they come up. But I like to be able to call them, to, to, to give it a name. I'm angry right now, or I'm sad right now. And give it the space that it needs. And then also allow it time to tell me the message that it needs to tell me before I respond. Because usually what we do is we get angry, then we got some heat, we pack some stuff. I feel motivated by anger. Well, I try to slow that down a little bit and use my tools of emotional literacy and ask myself, what is the anger telling me? What has happened? Because a lot of times a situation can happen and we just got real mad and we don't even know why, but also there could be a common theme. It may not be the situation that has upset us, but maybe it's a feel, a familiar feeling that continues to come up for us. And once we begin to acknowledge that and what that is, then we won't be triggered by it as much. Okay. So that concept is really similar to, uh, something called emotional intelligence in the psychology realm. So I, I know exactly what you're yep. talking about. Now, in a work setting, do you feel like people, because, you know, you've been talking about how this plays out maybe uh, in a criminal justice setting, maybe with the kids at school. How does this all play out in a corporate setting? So are are you telling me that, you know, we've got we've got a whole bunch of people out there who are hurting and, and they're not going to be able to work well together until they process their pain or how how does this all connect? Well, I mean, individuals just like me are the people who are in the workplace. 
they're just like me and everybody's coming with their, their own stuff. Surely we may not talk about issues that are as heavy as this, but just taking the time and the intention to get to know one another, to find out what other people like, to find out if there's any common threads. Um, I like to use this as well with something I use in one of my uh, board meetings. Um, I call it the Brand Ambassador Program. And we have these little stickers we put on your name tag. Well, mine has butterflies all over it because I consider myself to be the social butterfly. So what we've done is we've identified um, different skill sets, different talents. In this particular board, we, you know, we have the fearless asker. We definitely need some of those as we're going out fundraising. We need some storytellers. So we use these things to identify talent that make the team or the board work together better. I need not send Sally Sue out to go be my fearless asker with my sponsors because that's not really her thing. And she actually might mess it up and she's not even going to have fun. So we want to find things that she enjoys and that she loves so that she can be great at them. And it all comes back as a win-win for the team. And Sally felt great about what she did and about herself. That's really interesting. I, I like the the fearless asker and the storyteller and, and the different little names that, that you give everyone so that they have something that they can kind of hold on to. Like, this is my badge. <laughs> this is my badge of honor here. Is there a link between joy and levity? I had to look up that word. I'm going to have to I had to look it up and I'm going to tell you a lot of what came up for me was what you mentioned about humor. And, and I, I, I was thinking to myself, that can't be what she's saying, but I read into it a little bit more. It felt like I wrote down this word, what word? Um, changeableness. I didn't even know that was a word. So it means changeableness is one that popped up. Changeableness. That feels like flexibility, right? That feels like, to me, just simply at times just allowing things to flow and not trying to force them to fit. I can't fit into a box. I'm not a box. I'm, not, I'm so outside the box. And so levity to me almost feels fluid and like it's like 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 liquid light like liquid gold that you pour that can reach into every single nook cranny and crevice and it can reach places that humor and strategy and business meetings cannot reach and so i'm excited myself about understanding this word a bit more and dissecting it and seeing how I can um, experience it in my life. So you're a business owner. How would you incorporate this into what you do? Levity? Yeah. I'm already doing so it. So I assume, I assume that you incorporate joy. Yeah, right? I was thinking about like, I said, am I practicing levity? Am I incorporating levity? And I and I, I really feel so, I feel like by finding common ground with people and spending less time comparing ourselves to one another is my small contribution in facilitating that levity takes place. Because when people start to feel good, guess what? They feel lighter. And I bet humor does become a part of it. 
because we start to feel good. You may find yourself chuckling at something that may not even really be funny, but it was funny to you. Um, and so now you're a little bit more open. Um, I can see um, in the physical sense, someone sitting with their arms closed and just closed off. Once levity comes in, you actually physically see them begin to relax. You see them enjoying the experience and what's going on, enjoying others around them, and even enjoying themselves. Have you done any of the learning circles with adults? Oh, yeah. I just left. I just left a retreat. Yes. Some of the best circles. And this one was pretty interesting because we were trying to figure out how to talk about, like, the issues of race in the school, like, and even with the adults, I, like, you don't know if I'm black. You, what do you, do you call me black? Do you call me colored? Do you call me African-American? You see, these are these conversations, like, I don't even know, what's appropriate? I don't even know what to call myself these days. So confused. Mm. But it's so, but seriously, our, our, our colleagues and our peers don't know what to say either. And, 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 it's, and it's making people feel uncomfortable. And then if they do say the wrong thing, now you're offended. But it could be that they just didn't know. And no one's creating a space for us to be able to just have these conversations. Right. Like, I mean, if, if you're my friend, I can pull you to the side and, and I can ask you. Because I've had people call me colored out in, in, in public and they didn't think anything of it. And they didn't even know that I was offended. But when I went back to investigate a little bit more, that's what their family said. That's what they've always used. And they never found it to be inappropriate. They missed the memo mm. somewhere where the dialogue changed. And see, and just to have conversations about the differences we have in culture, it doesn't mean that we're trying to be offensive to anyone. It just means, means we need to have an understanding. I want to make sure I get real about this. While I sound really elevated and very happy, I'm also an advocate for mental wellness because I want to make sure people know I'm not just talking about modeling joy despite of life circumstances, modeling joy while having mental illness, modeling joy while having labels and still being able to live the life that you want to have. My labels don't have me. I just want people to know no matter what they said about you, even if, and this was my story, if you were in a mental institution at the age of 13 and they locked you up and told you you were going to be crazy, you weren't going to amount to anything, you can be whatever you want to be. When I stand on stages, I am a living testimony that that's not true. And so I'm writing my own story. I'm a published author because I want to write my own story. And I don't have to believe what other people have told me with their judgments. And they don't even really know me. So um, while a lot of people don't like to talk about mental illness and being bipolar and um, having post-traumatic stress disorder, I have all of those labels. A through Z, and sometimes I demonstrate D3 or A5, whatever they are. Just, I just want to encourage people to just be true to who you are and figure out ways to access your joy. And 
I want to make sure that I'm real, that, I, that I'm real with people. I don't ever want to sell a fake image. I'm very human. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I think that that can translate over into the, the workplace as well for people to understand that when we talk about joy, when we talk about levity, we're, we're not just saying that you have to have fun all the time, you have to be all smiles all the time, or that you have to pretend that sometimes things are not okay. Sometimes you're upset right. that this new change is coming or that you just had an argument with your spouse at home and now you have to go to work and try to make it through the day even though you've got these other things going on. Uh, it's yeah. not about pretending. It's about being real and authentic and and being able to share that with other people so that you can get the support that you need and you can be working in the most healthy environment possible. That's right. I'm I'm actually challenging um, us all to to take off the mask that we've been wearing because that is how we will really access our true joy. Um, those masks are heavy. They're exhausting. And you have to put on a different one with each group you're with. And th- I'm tired. And so I'm, I'm showing up as me. I, w- I won't get another today. And so I want to make today and every day after this the very best, best, best days of my life. People have serious anxiety and they still have to show up at work. And so there's things, there's different things in our toolbox that we have to reach for. And only we know what tools work for us. I facilitate these circles so that we can explore what tools work best for us. And when I say that, it could be as simple as to practice your breathing. It could be that, you know, you don't just talk about self-care. You, you really go take five minutes and take a walk and go let the sun kiss your face. It could be that, like for me yesterday, I had to simply just tell my husband what I needed. I need to be out in the sun today, and I need to see some flowers. That's what I want. Yeah, that felt really good for me to just ask for what I wanted. I didn't have to manipulate. I can just ask for what I want, and healing circles have have taught me that. Thank you for being, you know, so open and honest today. And it's a good reminder, again, that this is what's required for us to get to that next place. It's easy to talk about these concepts. Um, It's easy to talk about joy. It's easy to talk about levity and about, oh, the best work environment ever. But it's Hmm. another thing to, to do the work to actually get there. And self-care is something that is so important. Finding opportunities for healing and internal restoration is so important. So I want to thank you for that reminder today. And I also want to ask you, you know, what's on the horizon for you? Do you have any books, any projects or any, anything like that that's coming out in the future that you want people to know about? Absolutely. Um, I actually have um, two more books that will be um, coming out before the end of the year. Um, women of Wonder will be one of my new series. So I'm always looking for amazing women 
who um, want to be authors, and I can, I'm can i showing women how they can write this amazing slice, like a slice of cake, just give me a slice, and let's put together a book together, um, a collaboration. Um, so Women of Wonder will be coming out, it'll be a series, so I'll always be finding amazing women to write. Um, I want to do that to show them um, with this one book, um, now, if you so desire to publish more books, I can become your publisher as well. Fly Incorporated will be my 501c3 that I will be operating with these restorative circles. I actually have a team of certified restorative justice facilitators. So that's on the horizon. Um, I'm going to keep doing radio and loving it. Less the Thursday Juicy Jam Show, I'm now hosting The Sweet Spot with Lady Joy. I do gospel on Tuesdays. And Fridays from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. I have a live show. And I'm just having a blast living my life in full. I love it. Wow, that's a lot. That is amazing. Um, And folks, if you're interested in getting in touch with Kim, learning a little bit about how to become a restorative justice facilitator or even where to locate her books, please check out the show notes. We're going to have links to all of those things there for you. So Kim, thank you. I I really do appreciate, again, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you just modeling this for us. And and it's been such a great reminder of the raw work that needs to take place for us to get to that, that sunny side on the other end. That's right. After every storm, there is a silver lining When was the last time you felt like you could be open and honest with the people that you work with? When was the last time you felt like you could bring something other than your representative to work? Well, these are necessary to build trust with other people. If you can't show up as you, if you can't have open, honest conversations, how do you expect other people to trust you? How can you expect to trust your coworkers? Trust is something that is important for levity. Authenticity is something that's important for levity. And it leaves me wondering, is it possible for a tool like this, this uh, restorative circle, to facilitate enough trust to build a bridge from separation to oneness, levity, joy. Perhaps it's worth exploring. 